0: Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams
1: tick, tick, boom. Great sales teams are not recruited, they are built block by block. Let's get to work. All right, guys, we got Donnie Boivin. Is that the right way to pronounce it? Bovien. Bovien. Yeah, I saw it on, on Facebook and then I still said it wrong. All right. Do that again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we got Donnie Boivine, CEO and founder of Success Champions. Uh, He's one of the leading minds on sales, business development, and business growth. Uh, He's got a few events that he runs as well the Badass Business Summit and Champions Table Masterminds. And then, uh, of course, you've got the growth mode podcast with kevin snow as well and one of my favorite things about that is you're holding a glass I, th- I think is a glass of bourbon on that no it's one. a glass of rum but oh, close, a but glass close. Of rum. But i saw the sure. the ice ball and i figured it was bourbon <laughs> but no that's great uh donnie thank you so much for coming on the show um we we got hooked up and i knew you're perfect for our audience you know not you know you look at all your credentials and you expect you expect to see you in a suit and tie and everything (laughs) and of course that's not what you get which which i'm the same way right and so i knew you had to be on the show uh donnie thank you for coming on
0: oh my honor brother and and thanks for the recognition of of not being your traditional sleazy freaking sales trainer that's out there yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: looking forward to it so tell us a little bit about, about your background. I saw on your profile that uh, you've got a, a farm. Is that correct? I do. I do. I do. That's, so I've got a ton of questions because okay. I, I just bought uh, three acres about a year ago. You know, we put, we put a house on it. You know, we put the fence. We've got about half acres About is our yard. We just started raising chickens. We got three chickens. So we're starting small. You know what I'm saying? Do you have any advice? Oh, yeah. For? By this time next year, you'll have 50 really yeah yeah chicken math is what they call it it's
0: a real thing okay so what happens once you start uh well as soon as you start getting into one chicken you're gonna be like oh my god look at all these different breeds and all this other stuff you're gonna get eggs and then you're gonna start building special houses and fucking the food (laughs) and then you're gonna go up to the feed store and they're gonna have chicks are you married yes Oh, yeah. As yeah. soon as your wife sees more baby chicks, she's going to come home and just randomly with boxes of fucking chicks in them. Uh-huh. And next thing you know, you've got to build a bigger fucking chicken coop because <laughs> you don't have enough space for for the chickens. Um, and then if you really if you let them free range uh-huh. and they're all over your farm and shit, you, yeah, you'll just keep buying and buying and buying and buying. <laughs> I have no clue how many freaking chickens we have at this point. But now oh my we also have turkeys, ducks, geese, freaking guinea hens, you know. Uh, Everything with wings, everyone. it sounds like. Yeah, damn near. And right now they're all popping out baby chicks. So if you go across my farm, there's baby turkeys, ducks, geese, everything just running everywhere. It looks like Easter Sunday at a freaking church where they break out all the petting zoo stuff, Uh but that's what's running my farm right now.
1: That's awesome. Do you have uh, kids, grandkids?
0: No, no kids, no kids. Um, I've got uh, the closest thing we got to that is we got goats. So we have uh, dwarf Nigerian <laughs> goats. Okay. Um, and everything you see in those videos is real. They bounce around like freaking popcorn. Oh, that's awesome! And you know, uh, we've got also other crazy critters. We got sugar gliders. We've got uh, bearded dragons. We've got hedgehogs. So we've got a full on menagerie of animals on the on the farm. You really
1: could charge for a petting zoo. Damn near.
0: Damn near.
1: <laughs> so we had a little scare last night. We had a thunderstorm at our house and uh, it actually flipped over the chicken coop I had. It was one of those pre built ones from yeah, Tractor yeah, yeah. Supply. And uh, I have I was just telling Alicia, my wife, the a week before that, hey, we need to anchor this thing down yeah, once the storm comes through the next time and the chickens are all freaked out and everything. Anyways, we could, uh, we can go down the rabbit hole on that (laughs) literally. So, So tell me, tell me a little bit about your business. So you've got, um, success champions, but then you also have the events. So. Yeah, well, so we, we've we got three companies underneath Success
0: Champion. So mm-hmm. um, we've had Success Champion Networking where we literally changed how the world networks and we fixed what everybody hated about networking. You know, so your traditional networking is a bunch of people go to a meeting, mm-hmm. spend 35, 45 minutes doing these stupid-ass 60-second commercials with dumbass jingles on the end, and some idiot gets up and does a 10-minute presentation that nobody gives a shit about, mm-hmm. and then they fabricate a whole bunch of referrals. We fixed all that shit. So we launched that in March of twenty. 55 chapters across the U.S. We just opened three chapters in Canada. We're getting ready to open up in Belfast, Ireland, London, Spain, and potentially India. So we're going global very fast with, um, because people just are hungry for a new way to network. Um, And I never wanted to open networking organizations, and we should talk about that. But then Mm -hmm. we have uh, Champions Table Masterminds. Where we teach people how to grow and scale a business. You got to be more than two years in business because you got to get to the point where you finally have fucked up enough things. You realize it's got to be a better way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and you got to actually know what you sell. Um, and we legitimately just bring people together to create a peer group of people going through it so we can scale them faster. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Badass Business Summit, which is an event that happens in Texas. Uh, September of every year, we rent out an entire hotel, bring speakers in from all over the U S next year. We'll be bringing speakers in from all over the world through three days of business growth, um, and business development conversations, 17 tops, excuse me, 23 top speakers this year. Um, and then in addition to that, we have the growth mode podcast, um, We also have another podcast called success champions. We haven't produced content for a while, but it still gets 20,000 downloads a day um, and continues to crush growth. Most top one hundred top 109 countries. We get a ridiculous amount of downloads on that as well, too. So.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, So you've obviously had explosive growth with all three companies. What would you attribute the, uh, at at least the, uh, the networking company? you know, 55 uh, plus chapters. That's huge. Uh, how long has that taken to build out? So
0: we launched that in March of 20
1: and uh, yeah, the way
0: it happened is so damn funny. So that was prior to launching before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's why we launched, man. So I'd rented out the Hearst Convention Center up here in Fort Worth and I saw your Texas flag. So I know you're in Texas somewhere, yeah. but, um, but I'm up here in Fort Worth and So I'd run out the Hearst convention center. I had 17 speakers flying in from around the world. We'd sold out the venue Mm -hmm. and I was sitting in the president of the convention center's office when the mayor of Hearst called and said, if anybody shows up for my event, they'll arrest everybody on site. COVID. Okay. Gotcha. Right. So it was right at the time when the shutdown happened. Mm -hmm. And so on that drive home, I reached out to my team and said, okay, we're going to be fine. All of our business is online. We have no worries there, yeah. but all these companies are fixing to move online. We need to come up with a way to help them be able to stay in business. Okay. It took us two and a half years to get comfortable online. They don't have two and a half years, man. They got 30 days to figure this shit out. Right. So like you do when you run a business, three thirty in the morning, I bolted the fuck out of bed and went, shit, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, fired a message off the team, told them what we were going to do. And then that morning, I was talking to my wife, and I said, "Babe, we're going to open up networking groups, and I don't want to fucking do it." Mm-hmm. So, prior to launching my companies, I was with an organization called Sandler Training, which I'm sure you've heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I was supposedly one of the top sales trainers in the country with them. I don't know what the fuck that means, other than I'm good at flapping my gums in front of a room. Right. But uh, during that time, building out that business, um, I didn't like all the BNI's, the
1: Chambers, and all that. Nothing against them; it just they couldn't get me to the level of clientele I need to get to. I know exactly what you mean. I've been part of those things and, you For know, sure. com- compared to the masterminds that I'm in now, it's just, it's not even, Yeah, it's insane. Right. Yeah. So even back then I'd launched all my own
0: networking groups to make sure that I was getting around the right people. Mm -hmm. But when I launched my company, I'm like, dude, none of my companies can be associated with networking or networking groups because anybody who teaches networking is just a broke motherfucker that can't sell. Right. And I don't want to be associated in that arena. So I was telling my wife this and she knew it. And she looked at me and she goes, you realize you're a fucking idiot for not wanting to watch these groups. I'm like, how am I a fucking idiot for not wanting to watch these groups? She goes, why don't you become the guy that changes how the world networks and fix what everybody hates about networking? And I went, shit. And then seven days later, we launched our first chapter. That's beautiful. Uh,
1: and so many so many uh, origin stories I hear happen like that. It's, yeah. it's you have the idea, and you don't want to do the idea, and then your wife smacks you on the back of the head and yeah. says, hey, this is <laughs> right. what you're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I keep telling everybody I'm going to write the book, the shit my wife said that changed my life. You know, uh-huh. there's uh, there's too many moments in time when she said the right thing. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah.
1: No, so. that's awesome, though. So that was the uh, – the, the, so – with the networking groups, you launched them for COVID. So I imagine they were some type of online. Yeah. So they were there.
0: Yeah. And that's where I think really helped us out is we built the groups to be online. So, yeah. you know, with the farm, dude, I'm 35, 45 minutes from downtown Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. If I got to go meet somebody in downtown, I'm losing three, four hours the day. I'm not commuting, right? So I'd already built my businesses where I didn't have to go anywhere. I could sit right here and do everything. So when I launched the groups, I mean, COVID just helped us out because everybody was looking for something online and Mm -hmm. we just happened to have an online answer. And so we built the meeting so that people actually wanted to get value out of them. And in addition to that, they wanted to participate, um, and wanted to help us grow and it just worked tremendously. And so, um, we just added in a lot of features that people weren't thinking they about as far as what could be done with networking. Mm -hmm. And that's what really drove a lot of our growth is how much we pour into the members of all of our chapters.
1: Awesome. And if you want to find out what those features are, you got to go to, uh,
0: Success champion like networking. Champions, yeah. <laughs> Success Go check it out. There's, I was
1: going to ask you and know, I'm like, wait, he probably wants people to go to go check it out, to figure that out, that part out. So that's awesome. That's fine. I mean, I don't
0: mind sharing it too. I mean, so I'm just so not the old school of sales mm. where I hoard information, man. I, right. I, I've, I freely share everything that I've fucked well, up in business.
1: That's the way you have to be now. I mean, everybody's putting so much information online and, you know, like like my my whole system is Kodak, you know, and I I break it all down online. I tell you exactly what to do, and then and then what happens. People will start trying to do it, or they they get bored, or whatever the case is, and they end up messaging me anyways. Hey, can you help me out with this? So yep. it's like yeah. that's kind of the yeah. the model now in terms of uh, well, you know, influence on social media.
0: For sure. And I, and I tell everybody, man, you might as well teach it because the DIYers, like the people who really want to do it themselves, you don't want them as clients anyways, because right. they're going to be a pain in your ass Yeah. now, because they're, they're looking for obviously cheap because mm-hmm. they don't think their time's worth anything because they're going to go build it themselves. Right. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so, so by teaching, you automatically filter out all the people you don't want to work with. Mm-hmm because the people that are ready to run and gun and actually do the things you're talking about and implement the things when you're teaching them and they see it, they understand the time, the energy, the effort you put into it. And they're like, that's my guy, right? That's, that's who I want to work with. Um, And there's nothing you and I can teach. They can't go to Google or YouTube right now and fucking just go, how do I do X? Right. And there's going to be 10 billion freaking, you know, topics and videos on it. You know, uh, so, so give it all away, you mm-hmm. know, and even if somebody was so smart to consume every piece of information you put out there, mm-hmm.
1: they're not going to be able to implement it to the level you've pulled it off. So yeah, and that's what happens all the time with clients too, is I'll, I'll be going through a back and forth with them or a one-on-one and I'll realize, oh man, there's like 20 nuances in here that I can't really put into words or can't explain right. online, you know, and that's where the experience comes in, you know, and then that for sure, you know, you see the means all the time. That's what they're paying you for. They're paying you for the 10 years of experience, not for the one yep. action you take. It's all the, <laughs> right. the, the hundred nuances in that action that you took it, you know, for sure. For sure. Well, good deal. Um, so the growth mode podcast, you know, you guys had, a lot, a lot of the the people that listen to my show have their own podcast as well, mm-hmm. and uh, they're business owners with sales teams or want to grow sales teams, and then they have the the podcast to get their name out there and their brand out there and everything. Um, you said twenty thousand downloads a day. That is like yeah. At its a...
0: prime, we hit at its prime we mm-hmm. hit over fifty thousand downloads a day. What um, would you contribute that we were... success to? Um, one, we launched it in twenty eighteen. Okay. Um, that helped. Um, so, so that... Two. The marketplace wasn't, wasn't crowded. It wasn't as saturated. So, um, the, the second thing that contributed to it is I was doing a lot of speaking. Um, so all over the U S and when I spoke, I would figure out which hotels were nearby or that I would assume would have the most, you know, sales guys or your road warriors at, right. And I'd go hit two or three bars that night after speaking, I'd find the one or two guys sitting by themselves at the bar. I'd go sit next to them. Mm -hmm. You'd eventually strike up a conversation. And then I'd always ask, you know, do you listen to podcasts? And they're like, oh, yeah, we listen to podcasts. And I'm like, oh, cool. What podcast do you listen to? every time it was joe rogan right um (laughs) yeah and i'm like where do you guys listen to joe at and they're like oh apple or spotify or whatever i'm like well break out your phone really quick and they break out their phone i'm like just type in success champions and there was me in my mug they're like wait that's you i'm like yeah check it out let me know what episode you listen to here's my email address tell me know what you thought of the episode yeah and then i'd go to the next bar find a couple of people and do that with and i did that for freaking months of going everywhere mm-hmm. and getting people subscribed to
1: my show that is and that is some insane guerrilla marketing <laughs> uh, but i'm um, sure i'm the, sure that person became a huge fan and an advocate for your show and, and got like 20 other people on it because yep they met you in person they had the origin story yeah they're like
0: dude i was sitting at the bar i just met this guy you Know and man, he was so cool. We had a couple of drinks together. You got to check out a show, and it helped that. Um, we were hearing people's origin story, Matt. So we were interviewing mm-hmm. some cool people. Now, I've had the pleasure of interviewing, you know, like Neil Patel, Shailene Johnson, John Gordon, and just some big household name people mm-hmm. on there. Um, but people wanted to hear the shit that they went through to find success. So we were telling a lot of really cool stories Mm -hmm. um, and insights into their, their journeys and things. Um, And the only reason we still don't produce content on it is it didn't feed the fucking business. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was really good at making everybody else look like absolute rock stars and telling their story, you know, but it wasn't (laughs) feeding my business. Um, And so I would tell everybody who's, Doing a podcast to grow your business, mm-hmm. fuck the downloads. Don't give a shit if anybody listens to your show. Go very interview true. your prospects. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it gives you an hour long conversation to talk with people and get to know them. You can't beat bonding and rapport. You can't beat
1: connection like you can by interviewing somebody about their story. No, uh, no, and- it's, it's very true. I, I haven't really, somebody asked me that the other day. It's like, when are you going to get, Joe Rogan, or when are you going to get Tony Robbins on your podcast? It don't matter. And I'm like, well, I honestly haven't really thought about that. Like one, because I'm, I'm in my business mastermind. I have a hundred people to get on the show. You right. know what I'm saying? And I'm going to get and not necessarily more business, but more opportunity out of those interviews than I will. If I go and get a big name, well, and
0: you know, he, here's another coolest perspective for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you got Joe Rogan, everybody knows Joe's story, right? Yeah. We saw it. Right, yeah. we grew up with it, type yeah. thing, right? Yeah. There's nobody going to come listen to Joe on your podcast and fucking stay. They're gonna come that one episode, and right. I can show from you in spike. the back in a month. It's gonna spike, yeah. and then your next one's gonna go right down to wherever your downloads it, mm-hmm. Bringing on the stories from people that nobody's heard of. Mm-hmm. That's where the badassery comes from, because a lot of times you'll be their first podcast. And when they that comes out, they're going to share it with their friends, their family. Like, dude, check this out! I just got yeah. interviewed on a podcast, and that's what helped us early on. You know, the first hundred episodes of Success Champions, mm-hmm. nobody knew the people that were on there. Yeah, and it wasn't until we really started popping that the big names started reaching out to come be on the show. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, f- build a business and just let the podcast be the tool that gets you into the right conversations.
1: Yeah, and it's funny you say that about them sharing and everything because the the most downloads I've had in one episode was um, Patrick Bolanos, and so he builds a custom uh, food truck and he built my podcast trailer that I just I just finished.
0: And oh, uh, he
1: does all it, it, anything on a trailer he'll do his his business will do. They do twenty million a year. They're killing it, right? That's awesome. But what he does is he tells the story of each trailer. You know what I'm saying? So he mm, has that's this killer. amazing engagement. You know what I mean and so like that's that's my highest downloads yet I've interviewed other people with you know 20,000 a month download type podcasts and um they they weren't my highest show is the one with you know Patrick and yep. all his he, he's got a really good following so I think that's why I had success yep. with that one but yeah you're absolutely right it's like I went like two months not looking at the downloads you know what I mean and I enjoyed yep. it so much more <laughs> Because for sure it was just, because it's genuine you know
0: well and, and in this day and age I mean there's over two million podcasts in the marketplace right mm-hmm. and you know what people don't understand is nobody wants to hear your zoom conversation right right they they're, they're coming to learn mm-hmm. and the, the top part pod- podcasts in the marketplace are teaching a skill set of some sort I mean if you look at all the big players, excluding Joe, you know joe's got the luxury he's been doing his shit for 12 or 13 years so Mm -hmm. he was very smart and dwayne the rock johnson style built his podcast because Mm -hmm. everywhere joe rogan went he fucking told people he had a podcast yeah it's like dwayne johnson you know if that go dude's going on a late show he's on instagram live going you motherfuckers better tune into the late show because i'm fixing to go on there i'm gonna tear things up right and the, the the biggest names that are getting their names out there are the
1: biggest self-promoters. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, and, I, I, and, I love, uh, I've been watching The Rock since he was wrestling, and uh, I yeah. love the fact that he is not a movie star, he's not a wrestling star, he is a, a marketing genius. Yep. You know what I mean? That's Absolutely. all he does so well. And, and, and Kevin Hart kind of followed in his footsteps. Yep. I feel like he just markets the shit out of everything that they're doing. Yep. And they get paid hundreds of millions of dollars just to stand in front of a product. <laughs> you know, it's like, yep. um, and, and,
0: and that's it. I mean, you've got to be your own PR machine. And, and uh, in this day and age, the currency is your face, mm-hmm. right? And if you're the face of your business, then because c- we talked a little bit, we've moved beyond how important a brand is. I mean, people still buy brand name shit, yeah. but you, what you're seeing more and more is people are buying the person and then getting what they sell. Yep. And so when you become the face of your company, uh, more people get attached and related to you, they want to dig in deeper and find out more about your world. And
1: yeah, that's I, what makes
0: this time fun.
1: You're a hundred percent dialed in on that. You'll, you'll see on my social media, it's, you know, a podcast release, it's my kids and you know, the play that they're doing right now. And then it's, you know, uh me posting a long form post about the business and struggle that I went through and how I overcame it, you know? Yep. And I'll tell you, if you're not
0: on LinkedIn right now, uh, doing the long form story style post, I, my, my growth on LinkedIn since February this year has been absolutely insane. I don't give a shit what you sell. Mm -hmm. If you can tell that long story, uh, uh, style, you know, kind of hero's journey of this is what happened this is what I learned. Mm-hmm. Here's what you should take away from it. Type type post. Mm-hmm. I went and I, and since February, I've added almost 2000 followers. We've opened the three chapters in Canada, 22 chapters in the U S all because of this long form style of LinkedIn posting. It's been seriously rad about how hard um, and how fast this stuff has grown
1: just by putting out one piece of content every day. I've had a few people tell me I need to get on LinkedIn Oh, you am crushed there. It. I'm just not posting, and it's like it would take nothing for me to message my team right now. Hey, all my long storm, all my long form stuff, put it on LinkedIn. You know what I mean. Yep. So I thank you for that conviction. I need to do that right now. Yeah. Um, all right, awesome. Well, one of the things that I noticed that you you had, I want to say on your blog is, uh, let's see you don't have a sales problem. You have a business development problem. (laughs) So I was very curious about that. I didn't have time to get into it and read it and everything, but I would love for you to explain what you mean by that. Sales is a final conversation.
0: That's where you get to the yes, no conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Everything else is business development. The prospecting, the marketing, the social media, that's all business development stuff. 99.90% of people will tell you that they can get the deal done if they can just get into the conversation. Mm -hmm. You put me in front of the right person, I'll, I'll take care of that. So it's never the sales problem. People can usually figure out the sales conversation. If they have enough conversations, they're going to find some wins. And, and, you know, once people learn that the more human they are during a sales call, sales conversation, the more deals they're going to win overall because people buy from freaking people. Mm-hmm. So on the other side of that, people don't know how to prospect. They don't know how to business development. They don't know how to get people to come to them and work on getting into enough of these conversations. Mm-hmm. So if you look at most sales training in the world, and I'm not a sales trainer anymore, but if you look at the most sales training in, a, in the world, they primarily focus on the sales conversation, not how to get into the fucking sales conversation. Mm-hmm. And if people spent more time figuring out how to get into the sales conversation they're gonna do so much more business because they, the the best paid salespeople in the world prospect like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. They turn off all the noise. They don't give a shit what people think about them, and they just call and go after anybody. Yep. And when you have that ability to call on anybody and have the right conversations, and and can get into enough conversations, mm-hmm. you'll crush it in sales because there's there's sales is really simple, right? You go have real conversation with people. If what you sell makes sense for that customer, they're going to say yes. But we grew up in this generation of, you know, you've got to overcome objections and you've got to manipulate, coerce and do all this stupid shit to get sales done. And I promise go learn business development. You'll Mm -hmm. get into enough sales conversations and, uh, you'll win.
1: So. so I love what you're saying there because now that I understand what you mean by that, I align with it a lot. And yeah. so my my favorite thing to talk about is if you can walk and chew gum, I can teach you how to sell. <laughs> right? And, 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 and am I really teaching you how to sell? No, I'm teaching you how to run your micro business, right? Which is, in a huge part of that is exactly what you said. It's the prospecting. It's having conversations yeah. with qualified customers and then not wasting time on ones that aren't or one-leggers and stuff like that. So, you know, basically we built out a door-to-door division that, you know, 13 offices, over 100 salespeople, um, and we did that because of the front end of it, not the back end yeah, of it. for you sure. Know, we weren't – I've never been a salesperson. I've never been an amazing closer or anything like that or what is considered an amazing closer. I've always been able to, d- to develop the program and then put 10 people in it and shoot five out on the other side and if they follow the program, they're going to be successful. And they can be, they can be, you know, in terms of talent, they can have none or they can have all of it, and the program's going to work for them. It it, it caters to all the levels of, of talent. But it's about, like you said, it's about the actions you take on the front end, which is the, the the prospecting, the amount of hours that you work, the things that you can control that end up in a certain amount of conversations and your conversion rate you know, yes, you got to work on that and it's got to get better and everything, but it's more about the actions you take on the front end. And that's, that's how we manage internally. We manage based on the actions instead of the results.
0: Yeah. and, And if people get this concept of closing out of their fucking head, Life's going to be real simple. There's no closing anymore. There's no, there's no tactic or maneuver to get the deal done. You need to get closure on every conversation. It's really, really simple. Every conversation, if you leave with a yes, a no, or a significant next step, and you don't give a shit about the outcome of either three of those, mm-hmm. then sales gets a hell of a lot easier. But people are so hung up that I've got to win this deal, right? I've got to get this one right. Mm-hmm. That they force, they push, they become a jackass salesperson. And that goes back to what we're talking about. If you get good at the business development game, this conversation doesn't matter, right? Yeah. You don't have to win this deal because there's 10 more coming behind it. And that's where the magic comes in. So mm-hmm. the way we always explain business development is there's you need to have three activities going at all times. You need to have something that gets you into warm conversation. A warm conversation is networking, sitting on boards, going to trade shows, going to conferences, anything that puts you face to face or Zoom to Zoom with an individual. You need to have a cold outreach going, so that's cold calls, cold emails, uh, uh cold DMs. You know, door to door, something mm-hmm. that takes you straight cold into somebody's world. Right. And then you need to have a passive strategy going, which is your social media, your direct mail your email um, ongoing marketing drip campaigns and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that allows people to see your content and raise their hand and go you know what i'm interested in what you have Mm -hmm. and if you take one cold one warm and one passive activity and you're like these are the three fucking things i'm gonna do and you become the best at those three fucking things you you're pipeline is going to explode Mm -hmm. because you're focused on the right things and it's the right mix of activities that'll allow you to get into a lot of the right conversations. And it's a complete mental shift to quit worrying about the end of the sale and get good at getting into the sale.
1: That's huge because you can be an average salesperson and you can beat a talented closer every single time. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, I've always kind of, not despised, but I, I don't like the you know, going after the, and recruiting the best closers because it just says my business is weak. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I need to I need yeah, to recruit my, these my, amazing know. salespeople or whatever the case is. No, but that's that's golden information. I hope I hope everybody wrote that down if you're not driving uh, those what was it, cold, warm and, and passive. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah. The other philosophy that, that really helped me more when I launched my companies was quit trying to qualify everybody you sit across from, you know, uh, I don't know how old you are. I'm 45, but you know, 35. Cool. So a little bit behind me, but my generation, we grew up with the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you always Mm -hmm. be closing shit. Right. And it was hammering into us, you know, that you've got to qualify and qualify and qualify. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so fun to think about it from a different perspective I don't qualify anybody, but I do try and disqualify everybody. And it's a really cool concept that's helped me enough that if you go into every conversation, knowing exactly what somebody needs to be able to have to say yes to you, right? That they, you know, they obviously have to have money they yeah. got to have the time, the energy. they got to be able to make a decision, right? You've got to actually want to work with them, you know, and you know all these factors that you need for them to say yes. Mm-hmm. You can sit across from someone and go into and try and disqualify them from your product or service. And if they're a legit good fit, they're going to fight to qualify themselves, right? 100%. If they're not, you're, it's really easy. You don't even have to make them an offer, because right? if you're through your conversation, you realize they got no money. There's mm-hmm. no point of pitching your product to them. Yeah. Right? If you know they got no ability to make a decision, there's no point of pitching your product to them. Mm-hmm. Right? So you go through the, the process with the mindset of, how do I find out if I really want to work with these people? So I tell them, do the cocktail test. Mm-hmm. Would you want to go have a cocktail with this person after this call's done? And you'll be amazed if you go in with that kind of mindset of how many more lifelong relationships you'll build with your clients mm-hmm. because you're not trying to qualify. You're not trying to push them. You're going to have some real genuine conversations.
1: So one of the, one of the things you talk to talk about is fewer clients, bigger deals. And, yep. you know, I, I love that concept, but I also love what you just said. When, when you create those long-term lifelong relationships what, what is going to happen inevitably? Again, they're going to become your ambassador, they're going to become your cheerleader, and then they're, they're going to send you a bunch of business because it's about the relationship and not just the transaction, right? Yep. And so that's yep. that's incredibly huge. And for anybody that's, that's building a sales team, if you can write curriculum behind that and institute training behind that on the front end... Your, your salespeople are going to see so much, so much more results on the back end, so that's huge.
0: And I would I agree with that. And I think if you're a sales manager, you're a business owner, and you've got a team, mm-hmm. the best way to train anybody is the you-go-I-go go method. Mm-hmm. And the you-go-I-go go is, all right, cool, let's learn how to cold call this stuff. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a couple of cold calls first, show you my process and system, mm-hmm. and then you're going to do a couple of cold calls. But here's the rule. If I fuck it up and completely bull it, I want you to bust my chops and laugh at me, right? I want you to make fun of me because yeah. of how bad I just did. It. Cause even this day you and I could pick up the phone to cold call and we're going to blow some, right? Cause mm-hmm. we just fucking say stupid shit or whatever else. Yeah. Right? brain glitches. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. But if you have somebody sitting next to you that can bust your chops and laugh with you, right. It makes mm-hmm. the process, you know, fun, you know, funner. It's not about, beating the person down is about enjoying the process because you know you're like look fucker you're fixing the dial now your turn now don't fuck it up yeah. And then when you do the things right, you can high five and have a good time. And this isn't the bro marketing machismo shit. Right. This is about learning to enjoy the process by sitting with your team mm-hmm. and showing them, Hey, I'm not asking you to do shit that I won't do, which is what most sales managers do. Right. I can't sell. So let me now teach you how to sell. Mm-hmm. And you, you want to scare most sales manager. Say, hey, do me a favor, pick up that phone and make a cold call for me. They'll shit themselves, <laughs> right? Because they sucked at it and, you know, worked their way into a sales management job. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. my job is to be a manager, not to sell. Right. God, keep, buddy. One quick funny story. So I was uh, in Dallas, large call center. I'm with Sandler and they brought me in. They had a, the whole uh, uh, um, pit, right? So yeah. hundred people calling, yeah, yeah, boiler room style, right? Yeah. And they brought me in and they'd asked me if I'd come in and teach them how to cold call. And so as I started talking, you know, I I think I was doing like a four hour workshop with them at the two hour mark, we take a break. The sales manager pulled me aside Goes, man, a lot of the things you're taking is not what we teach them. That's, that's not our style. And I said, well, you know, let's teach them how to win. And he goes, this is going to work. Right. I'm like, yeah, it's good. It's going to work. And I'll prove it when we go back in session. And he goes, all right, cool. We go back in session. I said, guys, watch this. And I asked that the, you know, the vice president of sales. I'm like, Hey, would you come up and do a call and show them this style and everything we learned? He goes, Oh no, I don't do that. I'm like, what do you mean you don't do that? And he's like, yeah, I don't call. I, I motivate and fire them up. I'm like, and teach them how to freaking call. I'm like, well, show me that. Show me how you fire them up and motivate them to call. Cause I'm really mm-hmm. curious. And he goes, all right, everybody get on the fucking phones. Let's go start dialing. And he goes, starts screaming and yelling people. And I'm like, uh, you know, I let it go for a little while. and yeah. like, everybody come back. And I'm like, yeah, that shit don't work. Mm-hmm. Grab the phone and dial. And he looks at me and goes, guys, I'm sorry. This session is done. And then he literally, I I'm, session was over. I grabbed my check. They weren't hiring me anymore. Mm-hmm. And he called me later. He goes, I can't believe you embarrassed me that much in front of my team. Mm-hmm. I said, man, any leader that is not willing to jump in the fucking pit with them isn't a fucking leader. Mm-hmm. I said, you are leading these guys to their fucking death, because you can't actually train, inspire, and motivate them to do the things they need to do. He hung up the phone on me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it's, unfortunately, it's it's what a lot of people grew up on is this shitty style of selling that that just doesn't work in this day and age. You got to go be human.
1: It's 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 like junk food. It works yep. for a little bit you know what I mean? And you get hype on it, you know, Wolf of wall street, boiler room, yep. Glen Gary, Glen Ross, you get excited about it for, for two seconds and and trust me early, early in my company, we played those videos
0: you know Right, I mean? and we, we got all
1: hype on them and everything, you know, we, that sales bro culture, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's temporary, you know? And, uh, one of the things that I, I love is I have, you know, I'm, I'm a curriculum writer, right? You know what I mean? That's what I'm really right. good at and building out the business and everything. And early on, I, I was very blessed to get a VP of sales that was a, just a talented salesperson, you know? And it wasn't even that he was a talented salesperson. I, I hate that term. He was just a really cool people a really good people person. Yeah. He, he, and he was also a, a counselor, you know, that was his selling style. You know what I'm saying? Right. And he was counselor of salespeople too. And, um, you know just to illustrate your point you know we just started our solar division 8 months ago and uh he wasn't in the in the field for the first part of it because i was developing it it early on you know and so i was making some of the early sales right and then i had him take over so i could start building out the consulting division and he did really well for a while and then all of a sudden we went you know i think it was like one month we only had two closes the whole month hmm. And so we had this conversation well, what can we do? And he was like, well, we do what we always do. We go to the field, you know? And so he went back into the field with his guys. And then the next week, seven closes in one week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you it. Know? And that's so it. I'm, I'm incredibly blessed that I have someone that can go and execute and I don't get taken out of the executive piece of the business in order to do it myself. You know? Yeah. That's which, your, that's your. which if I had to, I would, you know, 100%, I wouldn't be comfortable. You know what I mean? Because I'm not you're right. No, the I mean,
0: especially especially if you're you're off off the game yeah. for a while, and now you got to go back in. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna fumble it all the fuck up because you don't have the rhythm and, and the flow Cadence. of the real conversation. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yep. You know, um, and, I, and I think you know if a surefire way to know if you're selling well mm-hmm. is if you can look yourself in the mirror and actually like the motherfucker looking back at you. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a huge tell because the mirror is not going to fucking lie to you. Right. Yeah. So, so if you are actually loving the process and you're helping people and you're legitimately selling in an ethical way,
1: not like a grease ball,
0: not like a grease ball. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, then you will be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm fucking proud of you. Right. I really like, it. and most salespeople that do that transactional style, mm-hmm. let's win at all cost things. I promise you, you put a mirror in front of them, they're going to turn away.
1: Yeah. They're not
0: because they don't like who that. the hell they are.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. When I, when I was my biggest or our company was our biggest in terms of headcount. Um, it was, it was very transactional, you know, and we had a product that could sell itself. We had the first whole home DVR on the market with Uverse. Mm. And, uh, we had the fastest internet. You know, so the, it was really transactional, it was easy, you know, and, uh, I had a lot of people in the company that, you know, were a cancer because all it was, was transactional. They didn't care, you know, and I would get fraud and stuff like that. And I would have to smoke it out. Um, now I've got 25 people and they all align with our core values. And I know if their integrity is called into question that I'm going to back them up first. And then ask questions later, you know what I'm saying? Because I know that they align with our core value. We hired them for that. And, you know, most of them have history with the company that I know that they're going to do the right thing when it counts and they can all look in the mirror and say, Hey, I'm proud of you. You know, that's, that's that's huge. huge. That's a huge mindset piece, you know? Absolutely. You know,
0: um, nothing more dangerous than a sales group than having a lone wolf the the one that's like hey you do your way i'm gonna do mine i'll just mm-hmm. take care of it i'll get it done because you should know that motherfucker's gonna scam somebody down the road you know and and then you're actually gonna pay for it so yeah, culture is such a huge thing to hire for man if they don't fit into your vibe then you're just gonna get burned you know and and they'll tear everything apart so um, when we used to hire salespeople, man, for companies, and I'm going to be part of the interview process, mm-hmm. I, my interviews, I'd take them straight to the field. I'm like, let's go, let's go sell. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to see how they handled themselves on the sales calls. And, you know, it was, it's, there's a, I don't care what role they were in sales from vice president of sales down to a new guy to start. Now we went straight to the field because, yeah, you know, people show their true colors when they're actually thrown in the ring. Yeah. And, you know, Mike Tyson's always said it best, man, everybody's got a plan. Do you get punched in the face? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the same thing in sales. You want to see what somebody's made of, put them in the ring, make, put them in a sales call. Um, because the people that like themselves enough, it's the after the call conversation that matters the most mm-hmm. because they'll be like, well, I fucked that up, but I'm ready (laughs) to go again. Yeah, exactly. Where the people that don't like themselves, that don't have that internal drive and passion and everything else, they're going to be like, oh, my God that was the worst ever. I can't believe how bad I did. And they're going to really just fucking demoralize themselves yeah. where, where your champions, your people that are going to get after it, they'll be like, well, that sucks. What's next. Yeah. Right. And they're going to be ready to go uh, to round two because this one doesn't matter. And so it's a really cool way to understand what you're getting yourself into.
1: Yeah. And that that's, that's huge. Um, yeah, and training day early on is incredibly important. I I yeah. get it. so I get the offboarding forms whenever you know we have we bring somebody on and they get offboarded, and a lot of them get offboarded two hours after they get onboarded because <laughs> they go out to the field so fast. That's the first thing that we do. It's like this is yeah. what it is, you know. Yep. Especially in our solar division, and it's summertime now. You know, it's yeah. going to be ninety plus every day, a hundred some days. You know, they're going to find out real quick. What they're made yep. of, you know, if they really want this, you know.
0: you know, I just happened to see a Jocko Willink interview, and he's talking to another uh Navy SEAL.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And during that conversation, he's like, It always blew my mind that people would show up to Coronado. They knew it was gonna be hard, they told all their friends that they were gonna crush it, they told them that they were prepared mentally. He goes, There was nothing you could tell somebody to just sway some of these guys coming out there. Mm-hmm. He goes, And I promise you, day one is always the biggest number of dropouts, right? Yeah. Because nothing mentally prepares you for 46 degree fucking ocean yeah. sand and misery. And, and it's, it's the same thing in your line of business. When people actually have to get out there and put the work in, you really find out what you're fucking made of. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, overcoming fears and going through those hard times have nothing to do with being able to do it Mm -hmm. it's literally who you become going through it Um, there's a fascinating uh, science right now on dopamine that i'm I'm really enjoying and what they found is dopamine itself doesn't trigger when you actually uh, complete the goal it triggers on the way to completing the goal and so what they find is this is the reason a lot of people set these monster goals that when they get there, they're miserable because there's nothing on the back end of the idea. Yeah. And what they found is the people that have found the most joy and happiness and things in life are the ones that actually embrace the micro wins and enjoy the process. So, mm-hmm. so the idea would be like if you put it in the solar world for your guys, it would mm-hmm. be, okay, I drove to the house. That's a win. I opened the fucking door, that's a win. Mm -hmm. I knocked on the door, that's a win. They answered, that's a win. And you celebrate those micro things along the way versus putting everything on, you won the deal. And when you learn to love that step-by-step process of getting into it, Mm -hmm. the deals will get bigger and better because you're not tied to that outcome so much. And the science behind this is pretty freaking awesome. And I'm really enjoying to, to dive into it, how they're they're doing it with all these cool studies and things on it. But it's it's embrace those fucking micro wins and quit trying to freaking hit the home run every damn time. And, and it gets a lot simpler.
1: No, I agree with you 100%. I need to do a lot more research on the science of the brain and how it works. Because I, I have been getting a lot of feedback from different guests, friends in my network and stuff like that. And they've been talking about this, the different studies that have been done. And, uh, the dopamine hits along the way is, is huge. Yep. Yep. One of the things that we're doing is, um, you know, we're big on gratitude, right? Right. And so every morning we post in our sales flow chat, which has all of our divisions in it. Everybody posts their sales in there and, it, you know, when they, when they get a sale, we get a sale, you know what I mean? It's, it's that whole deal, but also in, in the mornings and we had, so we have 25 people right now and we had 23 posts this morning what they were grateful for this morning. And it's simple stuff. I'm grateful that God gave me another day. I'm grateful that, uh, my kid's doctor found this thing out. You know what I mean? I'm grateful to see, you know, my kid performing a play yesterday, you know, grateful for a a comfortable bed to sleep in at night air conditioning, you know, (laughs) like (laughs) these very simple things. And, um, you know, it may be a micro dose of dopamine every time you do that, but I mean, it just starts your day out the right way. And a lot of times they're opening up their phones and they're posting that in the sales sales flow chat versus opening up their phones, getting on Facebook and seeing the news that we have right now, unfortunately, you know? Right. You know, something to,
0: that I love about gratitude and I wish I could give props to who told me this. Um, I don't remember who it was, but um, they explained gratitude to me in a way that I hadn't understood it. Right, because everybody explains gratitude. Yo, that you need to be grateful for things. Say, I'm I'm grateful, and those type of thing. But they explain a little bit different way. True gratitude is respecting what you have. And there's a the thought process is if you look at your house and your house is fucking trashed, and you can say you're grateful for it all day long, but you're not truly grateful because you don't respect it enough to clean the fucking thing. Mm -hmm. If your car is a fucking hot mess, it's the same idea. You can say I'm grateful for my car all day long but if you're not respecting enough to take care of it you're not truly grateful for it you know so it's a really cool way to flip it just a little bit mm-hmm. to show gratitude by respecting whatever it is you're grateful for and that was just a fascinating way for me to wrap my head around it because there was aspects of my life that i thought i was grateful for but then when i actually dove into it i'm like fuck i don't respect that thing at all yeah that makes i gotta change the script on that right and um so it, it, it's, it's, man, that's what I love about this, this game and time we're in now is mm-hmm. it's, it's all about evolving yourself and making our own personal evolutions, man. And, and you get a chance to try new things and test new things out. And, um, it, it's just cool to constantly level up by looking at things a different way and mm-hmm. different perspectives and being okay if shit breaks. You know, one of the things we have in our company is we have what we call the champion's codes, Mm -hmm. which are not not core values. These are life laws that you live by in our company. And one of them is go break shit, learning new things. And, you know, we have this in there because complacency kills companies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I heard Gary Vee one point say, if you're not trying to put yourself out of business somebody else will. And I thought that was a fucking powerful damn statement. And so I immediately started looking at the company. I'm like, okay, where are we complacent? Mm -hmm. And so we put this code in there. What we find all the time is people are coming back and they're like, Hey, look at this thing I created. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. What'd you learn? You know, Mm -hmm. and even if we don't use whatever they created, we don't, you know, implement whatever they came up with. I love the fact that they're thinking beyond their current place Mm -hmm. to go try and innovate and do. And it's been the coolest thing to help us with a lot of our growth because especially with technology and things, you know, these guys are geeking out on different tech pieces and stuff. They're constantly coming to the table and every once in a while they'll come to me with their head down. They're like, well, I tried this, this shit broke I'm Dude, that's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. What'd you learn? Well, next time we won't
1: do do this. I'm like, cool, go do that. That's fucking awesome. That's you amazing. Know, yeah. It's it's a really cool way to run the business. I, you know, like when we think about humanity or our nation as a whole, a lot of times people have a very um, negative mindset when it comes to that. And and I have this this theory, you know, and and you just solidified it a little bit too. There's a lot of us out there doing exactly what you're talking about. Yep. We're establishing core values. We're establishing code. We're trying to break stuff and figure it out, and, and we're also looking internally at ourselves yep. and and working on those pieces, whether it be our physical bodies or our minds, and uh, it it it's all in order to create one uh, a better life that we can be present in, and yep. two a legacy for our future generations. Right. My my name Mitchell means a lot to me. It's because of the the value I've put behind it, not that, right, not the the value that my parents put behind it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately I'm going to be the beginning of that generational legacy. Right. And so I, I, do, I believe this, you know, however many entrepreneurs there are in the world right now that are on this journey that we're on, I feel like we are going to create a movement that ends up changing the world. I you know? agree. And, um, it's hard to have that positive mindset with everything going on right now, but you create enough legacy builders and it, it will impact the world, you know?
0: for sure and i there, there is a lot of tragedies and things happening but here's the thing at the end of the day a cup of coffee solves a lot of fucking problems mm-hmm. if you can take most people set them down at a table over a cup of coffee and let them really get to know each other mm-hmm. it fixes almost every fucking thing because you know we're not that bad off really truthfully at the end of the day there's some shitty things happen shitty things happen in life but mm-hmm. as a whole we're pretty fucking good and we're mainly good fucking people. Yeah. And a cup of coffee will solve a lot of damn problems. And, but I, but I agree with you so wholehearted on the entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, building a business was the ideal thing for me that allowed me to meet me because, you know, I almost lost my farm. We almost lost fucking everything trying to build this on me. Christ, at one point my wife had to cash in her 401k. Um, because my mortgage was three months behind our jeep got repoed you know life sucked and you know when you get to a place in your life where there's no excuses left Mm -hmm. there's nobody left to blame but you then you start living and i tell you the first time i really tried to look at myself in the mirror fuck that was a tough day because I did not like the motherfucker looking back at me. Yeah. And I had to get to work on that. And I think the more and more people are doing that they're, they're learning, they're embracing, they're working on themselves I mean, and this generation of creation of building their own companies. And I dude, I fucking love these kids coming up behind us. Yeah. Dude, all these kids, they're, they're going and, you know, building their own businesses and doing their dude, own they're, things. They're waxing us. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome. It's insane. Right? Yeah, I'm like, how tall- old
1: are you? You're 25? Right.
0: What? I talked to this kid the other day, 28 years old. He had just come back from Vcon uh-huh. and, you know, he's already built three multi million dollar companies. He sold two of them, one of them failed miserably. Uh-huh. Um, and now he's like, dude, I'm just testing theories. I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, I just want to see if I can get 10,000 people to do this thing with me. I'm like, and, you know, at twenty eight years old, I never thought like that,
1: you know. <laughs> at twenty eight years old, I was still incredibly transactional in my lifestyle. You and me both. Yeah. You and me both. So, uh,
0: it's 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 pretty cool, man. I love the the overall evolution of everything that's happening, mm-hmm. and, and you know, I, I think as a society as a whole, we're good. We really are. Yeah. The more people will get to know people. Quit hiding behind their fucking keyboards, mm-hmm. then
1: life gets really good. No, it's 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 very true what you said about the cup of coffee, because all of a sudden all the, the the bullshit leaves them. Yep. You know, when you're in front of them. Yep. You know. Uh when they're online or on social media, it's they're they're using other people's arguments to make an argument. Yes. And it, it, it's a whole mess okay. when you just have that conversation. It it gets rid of a lot of those walls.
0: And and communication one-on-one, as soon as somebody feels Uh, 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 offended Mm -hmm. as soon as they feel offended all logic goes out the window so people will say the stupidest things they don't even mean Mm -hmm. because they feel like their feelings got hurt because it was a personal attack and that's why I say put a cup of coffee down there when you're face to face with somebody you'll have a real genuine conversation and a good conversation and you'll usually listen to both sides of the fucking story
1: right? and it, it fixes a lot of cool things yeah, no, I love that. And since you are in the Fort Worth area, we gotta have a cup of coffee sometime for sure. Come on man. Come on. Yeah, come I come on. To, to Dallas all the time. I didn't realize you were that close, so that's awesome. Well Dallas 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 is in Fort Worth now. Let's okay. not my let's bad. not confuse it <laughs> two, right, right? I'm just saying I'm I'm within an hour of you. Right. <laughs> a lot of times.
0: Right. <laughs> no, this has been
1: this has been amazing. Uh my favorite things about the conversation is that we not only got into you know, some things that can really help build sales teams. Um, a lot of the philosophical stuff behind it on the front end, building out that business development piece, and then and then getting the results from that versus, you know, trying to be this um, amazing closer or have a business of amazing closers that can turn into cancers a lot of times. Um, but then then we got into just some general mindset stuff too, which I right. think- A a lot of uh, a few aha moments for me. That I'm going to go execute on after this conversation. So I appreciate you for that. Absolutely, absolutely. And and guys, if you're listening to this, do me a
0: favor, man. This has been a hell of a show. Very rarely do I get to get into the philosophical things and and that Mm -hmm. on a podcast. Do Doug a favor. And being a fellow podcast host, I can tell you the biggest bitch in the world is growing your audience. If you got any value, one tip, one trick, anything out of this, share this out with one person. Just one person. Tell one person to come dial in and listen to the show. Um, it's literally like you walk up and gave Doug a virtual hug, man. It means Absolutely. everything to, to open the door. So just tell one person about this show
1: and, and it'll mean everything to them. I love that virtual hug. <laughs> I didn't used to be a big hugger, but I am now over the past year that my network has forced me to become a hugger and it's, it's amazing. So I love that analogy that you used there. Uh, guys, do me a favor. And uh, if you, if you like what Donnie's putting down, which I can tell you right now, I love it. Text success to eight one seven seven zero nine. Three eight eight. Oops, six.
0: Nope. So sorry. Oh, it's sorry. eight one, Yeah. So text success to eight one seven three one eight sixty thirty. Sorry, okay. I must have typed it in wrong on your end. But yeah. Um, and we'll send you a whole bunch of free stuff. And there's no sales anything or anything. There's no sales funneling of that crap. Mm-hmm. But there's some books and things in there. Um, but yeah, text the word success to eight one seven three one eight sixty thirty, and we'll send you a whole bunch of cool things. That's the best way to get connected to me on all the social platforms and stuff. Awesome, fantastic.
1: Well, Donnie, I appreciate you coming on the show and for encouraging everybody to give me a virtual hug. That's huge. I normally don't ask for that and I should more often. So thank you for that. <laughs> you're very welcome, brother. But my honor, thanks for doing this. Awesome, guys. Let's get going. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.